Welcome back. Welcome back to You Press Play Sports, the fourth episode, I believe, guys. Fourth, fifth. It's been a, it's been a long semester, guys. I feel like uh, COVID-19 has sapped all of my brain power. So we are in March, and I thought it was like July when I woke up yesterday. So <laughs> I'm the business manager of the University Press, Joseph Acosta. I'm here with sports editor Richard Pereira and photo editor Esten Parker. Guys, how are you doing today? Doing good. Pretty well. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and get right into it. We got FAU men's and women's basketball coming right up for you. The men's and women's tournaments both will be going on beginning March 10th in Frisco, Texas for the Conference USA Championship. Um, the FAU women enter as the number three seed which is a seed that I didn't think they were going to get to at the beginning of the season, but they went on a streak there in mid-February, mid early March, and haven't looked back since. And it's really been on the shoulders of Iggy Allen, who won, who is a member of the first team All-Conference USA, regular first team All-Conference USA, and first team All-Defense. So, Richard, looking at this tournament, do you think FAU has a realistic shot of running the table and winning the Conference USA Championship? Right now, the chance of winning it all, it's, it's low at the moment. Do I see them going farther than the first round? Yes. They, they have the capability of doing that because they have Iggy Allen on the team, who has pretty much received – she's the only Owl to actually receive first-team all-defense in Conference USA from oh. FAU. She's the only Owl to do that. That, that, that's goes to show that she's stacking her resume in only one year with the Owls. That's insane. She's the first FAU Owl to make first team all defense. Wow. Um, if there's anybody on the women's team that's kind of going to be that unsung hero, you know, in the playoffs, there's always that one guy or gal who heats up at the right time and could be the bridge to put a team over the top or give a team that kind of spark they need to make that run. Estin, who do you see on the FAU women's team that could give that women out, um, women owls an edge? My, the, the person I'm really going to be watching in the tournament besides Siggy Allen is Amber Gaston. Um, especially towards the end of the season, she did a really good job of being another primary scoring option for FAU. And also she's a very good rebounder. She does a really good job in the paint, and she has a she she was playing much physical or much more physically to the end of the season, and that was something that um, we didn't really see early on. And I'm I'm looking forward to see if she can continue her hot streak right now. Yeah, I mean, Amber Gaston, you know, you got of course Iggy Allen is going to get a lot of the attention on this team, but I think the main card for this Owls team is. Can they shoot the three effectively? In this winning streak they've had, they were on fire from deep. And of course, you love that they're peaking at the right time. You always love that. But now it comes down to the playoffs where teams play defense a little bit harder. The emotions are a little bit higher. Physicality is a little bit higher. Is the shooting going to translate? Because if that shooting's able to translate, I think the FAU women have a very realistic shot, you know? Because Iggy Allen, of course, is going to get all the attention. It's very well-deserved. But they need the other women on that team to step up and make those shots when they have them. And on this streak, 
they definitely have. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can get to that during that time, you know? So we're going to go to the men's championship bracket now. And the FAU men's basketball team will be facing off against UTEP in the first round of the uh, Conference USA basketball tournament. And it's actually kind of interesting because we had some recent news, not only with um, a team down south that we know and love here at Florida Atlantic, but um, Florida International was slated to play uh, Middle Tennessee um, tomorrow in the first preliminary round of the Conference USA basketball tournament. Um, FIU came down with a lot of COVID cases. So what did Conference USA do? They threw up the deuces. They told them to stay at FIU, stay at that team down south, and they will no longer be in the tournament. Middle Tennessee wins by default. So looking at FAU's uh, bracket, side of the bracket right now, they have to play UTEP on the 10th. That's going to be on ESPN Plus at 8.30 p.m. But then if they win that, they face the number one seeded Louisiana Tech. So looking at FAU's chances coming into the tournament, do they have any realistic shot of not only winning their first game, but may, possibly making a run at the title? Eston? Um, I, I think they definitely would. I would give them a chance, especially against, uh, a U, against UTEP. And looking at the schedule, we didn't even play a game against them this season. So maybe this is the type of game where they can exploit not only some weaknesses from um, – or against UTEP, excuse me, but also, I mean, UTEP hasn't, you know, we haven't played each other yet. So I, I feel pretty good going into this game. Um, but in the event that we do win, I'm, I'm not too confident that they will win the entire tournament because LA Tech is a pretty solid team, but who knows, maybe, maybe we can get guys to heat up at exactly the right time. Yep, you know, it's March, man. Anything can happen. Richard, what have you seen from FAU that could make you say, like, hey, they might have a shot at this? Well, there's no doubt that it's going to be difficult for men's basketball to get past the likes of LA Tech in the quarterfinals should they beat UTEP in the first round. What I want to see is, like, to have that offense where you just keep finding, making the right plays to find the right spots for shooters like Michael Forrest, Brian Greenlee, Jalen Ingram, and Carlos Simmons. You just got to keep finding them because to keep finding those chances, those the best opportunities to score, that will be important for FEU should they beat the team, should they beat UTEP and maybe LA Tech, which is going to be very difficult to do so. So I see them getting to the quarterfinals. Should they advance past the quarterfinals? Uh, I don't know, but we'll have to see. Man, it's so tough with this FAU men's team because we really don't know what they are. They've had multiple games canceled and postponed due to COVID-19. They, had, they didn't even play a full schedule. So we really don't know what this team is. And in the playoffs, especially at mid-major schools like and mid-major conferences, they need to rely on experience. And that's something that outside of Shillings, Jalen Ingram, and Michael Forrest, this FAU team really doesn't have. I mean, Brian Greenlee's relatively young. Keenan Blackshears came on recently, but he's also still a sophomore. 
it's just going to be tough, you know, especially for this team having not played as many games as most of the teams in Conference USA. I don't know, man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be an uphill battle, especially for FAU. But um, kind of going back to Conference USA as a whole, man, this feels entirely not put together very well. Like, I don't know what the protocol is, and I guess they kind of made it up on a whim that, you know, if you test positive for COVID and your team can't play, looks like you're out of the tournament. I don't know, man. That just seems real fishy to me because there are a whole lot of loopholes there are a whole lot of doors that have yet to be opened like what if western kentucky gets a rash of COVID cases can't play west kentucky is arguably conference usa's most notable basketball team over the number one seeded louisiana tech if louisiana tech gets a pot a rash of COVID cases what's going to happen and you're having all these players both male and female huddled into frisco texas for a week of basketball and just, I don't know, man, this feels very not well thought out. And now I'm kind of thinking about, well, what's going to happen with the NCAA tournament? Because the reason that they can't play in the Conference USA tournament is because you can't reschedule games because the NCAA tournament starts on the 14th. Conference USA's tournament ends on the 13th. What's going to happen in the NCAA tournament? Say a Gonzaga team, or not even Gonzaga, but should they make tournament? What about Florida? If Florida, if a Florida team, a team like Florida, maybe an eight, nine, 10 seed gets positive COVID cases, can't play. Are they just going to move? They're just going to advance the team. We don't really know. And even if we do get to those big schools like Gonzaga and like Baylor, if they have a rash of positive cases, what's going to happen? We don't know the protocol. And it's just going to be real weird because all these teams are dropping out because of COVID-19. But, you know, I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on, like, the whole tournament, like, as a whole, you know, if there's a realistic shot of this being completed. I think they're going to complete the tournament because I think there's too much money involved to, at this point to say, nah, we can't do it anymore. But what do you guys think? Are you referring to like the conference, the coming oh, conference, conference USA tournament, or like leading into the NCAA tournament? I think both of them are kind of synonymous uh, because. Mm-hmm. I mean, personally, like you said, JP, they're gonna go through regardless because there is too much money involved in this point, especially for the NCAA tournament. I mean, they really get back out of it now, but I, especially with this, the CUSA tournament they've really put themselves in an awkward position because like you said, if what if only one player on the team gets a positive COVID case, are you then going to make sure that player doesn't play? Or do you just say the entire team doesn't get to play? And like, what would happen if like four or five players have it and they can't play? What that only leaves teams with like four players eligible to play? Are they going to play four on five? Are they going to do that Alabama versus Minnesota a couple of years ago where Alabama played three on five? Is that going to happen? Or I just don't know what the protocols are. Richard, what is, what are your thoughts on the tournaments as a whole? Like, well, the fact that we don't know how thought out the 
the, this process for the tournament was shows the lack of transparency that we got from NCAA or companies USA themselves. Like, if we're just gonna cancel games, uh, like just because of a few COVID cases and like have the team advance, like it it, it really it it boggles my mind for a bit because if the NCAA tournament does have this issue. We're going to have a lot of random matchups in the Sweet 16, Elite Eight, Final Four, and then the championship. We're going to have a lot of random matchups if this were to continue. I can't wait for the Big Sky to win the uh, NCAA tournament because of all these positive COVID cases. But before we go on to the next sport, I just want to say, give Iggy Allen Conference Player of the Year. If you don't, then I will lead a march onto Conference USA headquarters. I will buy a plane ticket, I will petition outside of headquarters until you change the rule. Change, give it to Iggy Allen or we will riot. So we're going to move on to FAU baseball. Um, I guess it was a tale of two teams this past week. You know, they went into Gainesville and beat the Florida Gators three to two in extra innings, a monumental win considering who they're playing against and this early in the season. Then they move on to Florida Gulf Coast in Boca over the weekend. They split the series 1-1. That leaves them at 8-2 and two on the season. So, Richard, Eston, what do you guys see from the Owls this week of baseball? You know, taking into account the massive win against Florida and in the series against Florida Gulf Coast. Well, the, the biggest thing that I noticed, especially against Florida, was their pitching was lights out and – that was honestly my biggest concern going into this game was, okay, we definitely have the, we definitely have the bats to compete with this team, but can our pitching keep us in? Um, and I'd argue that our pitching won us the game. I mean, it was, it was a complete team game altogether. And I mean, to win an extra innings, a clutch victory like that is, it's great. But, um, and Richard, I, I, I talked to you about this the other day when we were at the game that, what we saw then on Friday night when we got shut out, I mean, getting held to five total base runners the entire game, that that's, I'm not saying that it, it's inexcusable, but at the same time to go from that emotional high, you know, of defeating a team like Florida and get getting one of the biggest victories in program history to then playing a, a, a pretty solid Florida Gulf Coast team. I'm not going to discount them by any means, it was almost like in college football, like a trap game, you know, where the, the team gets a big upset and then they play another team the, the, the following week. Game. Yeah. So I, I really, I think that, um, like you said, JP earlier, it really was a tale of two teams, but I think that Friday's performance was an anomaly because a, I mean, getting held to no runs, let alone only two hits is I don't think we're going to see that again this season. Me neither. I think looking at the schedule, this was the first time they've been shut out. And it's also the first time they've scored under three runs in a game. So, you know, man, I do feel like this is a tale of two teams. I feel like that 08 shutout against Florida Gulf Coast was a lot of an outlier. You know, you're never going to, I don't think you're ever going to see Florida Atlantic only have two hits for an entire game. I don't think that's going to happen. You know, like you said, they were riding high off that huge win, massive win against 
Florida. And that was really, that was the winning, like, you know how Kobe Bryant has had the scene where he's like that mentality, that winning mentality where it's like, you go in and when it starts to get tough, you're like, you don't, you're not phased because you know you're going to win. That was FAU against Florida. Um, but then to turn around, you know, riding that emotional high, going into that trap game, you know, you get shut out. And then you just come back casually and score 14 runs. That's what I really think this FAU team is. They're going to be led by the bats, you know, and the pitching, I think, is going to do well enough to hold them into games. But it's gonna, this team is going to live and die by the bats. Richard, what did you see from this week of baseball for FAU? It was historic, and then the shutout. Um, I, I felt proud of them for being the Gators. It's, it's, it's incredible for them to actually be able to beat a, a ranked team in the top 10, no less. But it was pretty clear after that win that they, were, they pretty much had an emotional hungover once they played on Friday, and then they got shut out. And then on Sunday, where I did go to, I pretty much had fun. And Sam Lowe dealt for the Gulf Coast a low blow by hitting that grand slam. Um, uh, funny thing is, I didn't even think it was a grand slam until they announced it was a grand slam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just this FAU team, uh, they're now ranked number 20 in the country. I think this team can go really far, you know, because you're never going to see them only have two hits in the game or get shut out. I don't think that's ever going to happen again this season, you know? So their bats can contend with anybody in the sport right now. And I think that's, what's going to keep them in game. It's going to, the pitching is really going to be what wins them the games. The hitting will keep them there. You know, they're going to, they're going to hit the ball. Well, they're going to score runs, but you got to keep the other team from scoring as well. So I think that's where pitching comes into the mind there. But moving on to FAU men's and women's soccer. Actually, before we move on, FAU's next game will be against the University of Miami, going against another elite baseball team. I think Miami's ranked in the top 10, I believe. Yeah. Last time I saw they were, I think they're in the top 10. I'm pretty sure they're in the top 10. But yeah, they're playing Miami, another high-profile matchup. I'm excited to see what FAU does. You know, they split the series, like we said, against Florida Gulf Coast. I think they're going to come out with a lot of energy against Miami. I think the bat's going to be flying. I hope Pendleton hits two, two grand slams in an inning. I hope Nolan Shaniel just bombs the ball straight into the Atlantic Ocean. Miami is eighth in the country. So this is another high-profile matchup. Another win like this could shoot FAU right back up in the rankings. And right now, it's really just how high can they go? I want to see how high FAU can get in the rankings. I'll, I'll write a letter to D1 Baseball America. I'll write them an open letter. Rank FAU in the top 10. Cowards. I'll make sure to put cowards in all caps. But <laughs> we're going to move on to FAU soccer, men's and women's. Both played over the weekend. FAU men losing to that team down south, zero to two. 
And the FAU women picking up the victory on Friday against Marshall in a 2-1 win. Richard, what did you see from that women's team picking up that 2-1 victory? It was encouraging because uh, Marshall scored the first first goal in that game. And it was like in the first few minutes. I think it was the first two minutes that they actually scored. So to see FAU come back like that, and they scored in the second half. The first goal was a brilliant header. And then the second goal was an, was an own goal by Marshall. It, it, was, it was terrible. It was terrible. Oh, boy. We got to do something about these own like, goals. A defender failed to clear the ball, and it went over the, the Marshall goalie into the Oh, net. no. Yeah. Oh, I feel so bad. It was bad. It was bad. <laughs> I feel so bad for him, man. Imagine, like, you're sitting at the goalkeeper, and you're just looking at the person on your own team accidentally shoot the ball at you. And he's like, no, no, no. And it just, oh, and it goes right into the goal. Yeah, man, we got to stop the own goals. We have to do something. We got to like, I don't know, man. Maybe if we make it negative one points for the team that you, if you're on a team and you shoot the own goal, you lose a point. And if you have zero points at that time, you go down one, you had negative one. Hey, FIFA, hit me up. I got some good ideas. But Essen, I want to talk to you about the uh, men's soccer team losing zero to two against that team down south. And, um, you know, we had kind of vaunted that FAU uh, defense going into this game, and then they lose 0-2. So now I feel kind of bad. We might have been a jinx, guys. Uh, Honestly, when looking over that game, my my first impression as well was, you know, that that was really tough to see a, a two nil defeat, especially to uh to, to that team that's a few, just a about University an hour of south Coral of us. Gables. We don't call them Coral Gables. They're not even in. They're not even in Coral Gables. Yeah, they, they wish they, they were. They don't even get Coral Gables. <laughs> they get Westchester. They get Westchester. But, um, <laughs> but, Westchester um, University. <laughs> so um but when looking especially statistically i mean we did create a lot of chances we we forced fiu to make six saves compared to us where we only had one save the entire game um we actually did create more shots but that yeah, only does you, that only does you so much you got to score at the end of the day so it was it was a little. I'm not gonna lie. It was a little disappointing, but I'm still. I'm. I'm still very excited to see where this team is gonna go, because, like we've been saying before, this is. I feel the best team that we've had in quite a long time when it comes to men's soccer. Yeah, and I mean, I think you said it perfectly. That O2, sometimes it's just not your night, and, you know, sometimes you just don't have it. You can have all those shots on goal, but one team got it, another team don't. But they'll get the chance to play them again. They're definitely going to score more than one goal. Richard, what did you have to say about the men's game? It, it was indeed unfortunate. FAU had six shots on goal, and all of them were saved. Yeah, it, it, just, it just wasn't it. It just wasn't It just, just wasn't their day. But they will bounce bats back. I'm sure of it. All right. So here's the FAU men's bouncing back. Hopefully we're not a jinx. If we are jinx, we might have to uh, we might have to figure that out. Fingers crossed. Fingers First home crossed. game against Kentucky. First home game against Kentucky happening on um, Saturday. 
And then Friday, the FAU women's team, I believe, plays West Kentucky, if I'm correct. Uh, let me make sure that is I, correct. I think, you, I, think, I think you are right. Uh, forgive me. I have, to, uh, I have to look this up again. I had it up, and then I don't know what happened. <laughs> but um, FAU women will be playing... Yeah, it's Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky on Friday. Look at that. A-plus memory right here. I, I think it's the hat. It's the hat, definitely. It's a good luck charm. But, you know, that's going to end it for FAU sports. But now it is time, boys and girls. We have asked everyone who interacts with us on social media We've asked FAU Twitter. We have asked around the globe. And boys and girls, it is finally here. Mascot combat is ready to go. We have 24, team, we have 24 college mascots here in a deathmatch tournament to see which, I don't know what to call them, animal, machine, unknown object, and like Big Red. Big Red is his own category. But we have a tournament set up. We're going to have you guys vote in the polls, and we'll see who ends up being the winner. By We're going to discuss the first round here, and then on next week's show, we'll reveal the official winners, and I'll post the second round. But for right now, I'm going to, for the viewers who are going to see this on YouTube, I'll share my screen, and I'll go through our bracket. For listeners, I'll say who's in the bracket so far. Um, but yeah, man, I'm excited for this. This is probably one of my greatest ideas as a member of the University Press. I will always laud this as a great idea. So in our first round here, don't mind the seeds. It was randomly generated. I know some of you are going to get very mad that Owsley is a two seed. Please, it was randomly generated. Do not attack us. Attack challenge.com. Okay, this, this had nothing to do with us. But our first round here is Sparty from Michigan State against Wheezy the Weevil from University of Arkansas at Monticello. Then we had the Stanford Tree against Herbie Husker from Nebraska. We had Wooshlock from Wichita State against Super Frog from TCU. We got Riptide from Tulane, shout out to Tulane, against Purdue Pete from University of Purdue. Then we had an elite matchup here. This is a championship level matchup that I did not think we were gonna get in the first round. Sparky from Arizona State against West Kentucky's Big Red. Then we have the Billiken from St. Louis University against the Saluki from Southern Illinois. Then, we got Sammy the Banana Slug from University of California of Santa Cruz. I love that for you guys. You know, get it how you live. You got Banana Slugs, your mascot? Cool, man. Against Killian from Iona. And our final first round matchup is Fryer from Providence against Seymour from Southern Mississippi. The first round buys go like this. Mr. Okra from Delta State. Joe Vandal from Idaho, 
the Gorlock from Webster University. <laughs> oh my God. Keggy the Keg from Dartmouth. Got a first round bye. Of course, we have Owsley from FAU, Hoot Hoot, right here. Speedy the Geoduck from Evergreen College. Then we got Sebastian the Ibis from Uni University of Miami. And rounding out the first round buys is Demon Deacon from Wake Forest. So, boys, I will start with the first round. And in our first round, we had Sparty from Michigan State against Wheezy from University of Alabama, not Alabama, Arkansas in Monticello. So, Richard, who did you vote for and why? Can you go to Eston first? Hold up. <laughs> All right, Eston will, well, Eston will go to you. Sparty versus, of Michigan State against Wheezy of the University of Arkansas in Monticello. Who would you choose in a death match? I, I got to go with the Spartan. I mean, he's going to just Spartan kick the out of the, uh, out of Wheezy. I'm not going to lie. When I first saw Wheezy or heard Wheezy, I would have, I, I immediately yeah. pictured Lil Wayne in my head. So I was thinking if the Spartan doesn't like physically win, at least Wheezy could drop bars while, you know, while the fight's going on. But um, no, I, I, my, my choice is Sparty all the way. Uh, Richard, what about you? Still looking, but. Uh, uh, all right, I'll go. Uh, I'll go. All right, so we got Sparty against Wheezy. Wheezy is a weevil, which is an insect. Okay, thank you. Um, Sparty is a Greek hero. He's a Spartan. Um, there are no rules against weapons. Sparty can bring a sword, or he can just hit you with his hands. I feel like Wheezy is at a very di huge disadvantage here, and he brought fists to a sword fight. He brought a knife to a gunfight, man. You are severely outclassed in this matchup. Sparty is ready for war. I mean, that is what he did for a living. Too bad Michigan State is not as good as Sparty the mascot. Otherwise, they probably would have gotten the first round by. But I think right now I would go with Sparty. I think I'd definitely say Sparty for the win. And America, okay. uh, Richard, go ahead, go ahead. We'll say before America says. I picked Wheezy uh, just basing off of a fear factor. Uh, yeah, Wheezy is terrifying. Um, I'm going to, we'll have it up, but Wheezy is terrifying. I mean, that's, that's not a very like, I mean, what is that thing? It doesn't look at all like a weevil. It looks like, um, you know, the Gumby doll? It looks like a Gumby doll. <laughs> But hey, man, University of Arkansas Monticello, y'all, y'all got some crazy mascots. I, I feel it. I respect it. Get it how you live, man. You want a weevil as your mascot? Go for it. But America has said so far, so far, we'll have the official winners next week on our show. Sparty is winning so far. Fifty-four percent of America believes Sparty would win the death match. Now we move on to round two, or not round two, fight two, which is the Stanford tree versus Herbie Husker from Nebraska. Um, Richard, are you, you ready to go first? All right, yes. Richard, go ahead. I voted for the Stanford tree because that is the epitome of costume design is my passion. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like, it, like abstract art 
was like minus a thousand. It looks like how old people thought abstract art looked like in the 1950s when it was real popping. Like, I don't know, man. For Stanford, it's just real ironic that Stanford came up with that mascot. But Esten, who would you choose in a death match? I'm I'm going with the tree, and besides the the comedic value, trees can do some pretty serious damage. I have had some trees fall on my house before, and I know firsthand they're a pain. So I've had trees fall on my house before. That is the literally. Amen. You know what? So, so, so all the tree has to do is fall, and and, and he wins. That's all he's got to do. But then, is, how's he gonna get back up? That's the thing. I mean, he has. I don't know. That's it. That's his problem. That's a tree's I think, problem. I think I'm gonna go with Herbie Husker, and the reason why is because the picture I showed on Twitter, and we're gonna have it up on our uh, on the video for uh, people to see. Herbie Husker is in a bar at this in this photo, which tells me Herbie Husker has been in bar fights before. People who have been in bar fights have nothing to lose. We have seen video of, you know, there's that receiver from Oklahoma who got choked out by that little uh, MMA dude who'd been training for 10 years in the bathroom of a bar in Oklahoma. That feels like the beginning of every like, Vin Diesel movie or like every like old West movie. Like I feel like Steven Seagal would be in that movie about a bar fight that began, like something that began with a bar fight in Oklahoma where he like put the dude in a rear naked choke. Imagine that bro. Imagine you are a five-star recruit at the university of Oklahoma. You balling, you go and try and mess some little dude with cauliflower ear. That's the first way, you know, that man has nothing to lose. Actually, the first thing you know is he's short. He been getting picked on for being short his whole life. You don't fight people like that because they got nothing to lose at that point. Second, he had cauliflower ear. If you see cauliflower ear, just give up. Because again, that man has nothing to lose. He has wrestled people to the ground and put them in arm bars. Next thing you know, the man is singing Take Me to the King, getting put in a rear naked choke in the bathroom of an Oklahoma bar. Imagine how depressing that is. You getting choked out by some little dude with cauliflower ear and you some like hot shot football player for Oklahoma. I wouldn't even come back to campus. I'd change my name. I'd move to Siberia. I'd, I'd just be gone, man. But with all that being said, I'm voting for Herbie Husker. Um, America so far has said, well, 62% of America has said the Stanford tree is going to win that death match. And like, you know, man, I get it. That tree has seen some things. It's clear. It's in the eyes. It's probably it, done some things it's done too. Some Let's things. be real. But uh, next, we have Wooshlock from Wichita State against TCU's Super Frog. Um, Esten, you're up. Who would you choose in a death match? This is a really tough one because on one side, I feel like I'm, it, it's essentially an, an ogre with like a smashed head, in my view, against a, 
a, a frog that looks like j- just just a little too, a little it looks suspiciously happy so <laughs> i i'm i'm gonna go on a limb here and and say the frog because um a i mean it's a it's a super frog it's not just any it's frog not just any now. frog I mean, it is a super frog it is a super frog super so, frog <laughs> It's Super Frog saving TCU from going below 500. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Richard, who would you choose to win in a death match between Wushlock and Super Frog? I chose uh, Super Frog. Even though Wushlock pretty much looks like the demon version of SpongeBob, uh, Super Frog has the strength and the steroids to back up his victory over. That is an all-timer, bro. Wooshlock looks like Demon Spongebob. I'm going to go with Wooshlock. And the reason why is if you look at that smile, that man has committed war crimes. (laughs) That smile has killed a man before. You see how he's grabbing a pumpkin and he just... (laughs) That is straight out of a horror movie. I'm going to say Wooshlock picks up the win because like I said, man, Wooshlock has committed war crimes. That Wooshlock is outlawed from at least 20 states. He has a wanted poster up some in some random town in New Mexico because he punched a farmer and killed all of his cows. That is Wooshlock. That is, Wooshlock is a war criminal. That's all, that's all I can say. And Wichita State, you did a heck of a job of designing a mascot that looks like it could kill a man, especially because Wichita State's mascot itself, what are they, the, the uh, shockers? I don't think of like shocker. What is like a shocker? Wooshlock is a shocker. That's all you need to say. When anybody asks who's a shocker, just get Wooshlock. He goes, I'm telling you, bro, you say his name three times in the mirror, he's going to show up and bash a pumpkin over your head. That's just, you see that smile, man? You see the smile? That is a smile of a man who has seen and done some things. I know Super Frog is jacked. I know Super Frog has the creepy smile too. The Super Frog ain't been where Wooshlock has been, man. It, it, it's been in so many different places. But uh, America so far has said in one of the closest battles, Wooshlock is up 52% of the vote to 48 for Super Frog. In our next battle, we have Riptide from Tulane against Purdue Pete. Eston, we'll start with you. Who do you have in this death match? Riptide or Purdue Pete? Um, definitely gonna go with Purdue Pete. That just looking at Purdue Pete, I, I feel like I'm gonna have nightmares tonight, or I'm gonna wake up and he's gonna just slam me with his hammer. But also, if he's going against um, uh, against Riptide, he's just gonna beat the hell out of the bird. I mean, what's what is what is Riptide gonna do? Like fly away and throw water at him? No, that Boiler Man is just gonna destroy the bird. And like, you can't even say it's gonna use water because he's a boiler maker. He can heat up the water and then just like full counter from like Seven Deadly Sins. He'll just full counter and just. Throw hot water on that pelican. 
But, Purdue uh, Pete is genuinely creepy. Like, yeah, that is a it's, it's the sunken eyes really kill it. For yeah, me. yeah. <laughs> like Purdue Pete is scarier than the actual Purdue football team, which I feel like is an <laughs> amazing feat. It's not a very high bar, but it's amazing, you know. Um, Richard, who are you going with in the fight between Riptide and Purdue Pete? I voted for Purdue Pete because if you if your mascot's eyes are dull, gray, like with nothing to see within those eyes, that mascot has nothing to lose and will do anything. That's why you got to be scared of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I'm doing this solely to shout out our people, our friends at Tulane University. I'm going Riptide. I'm going to cut against the grain. I will be the one dissenting vote here. I'm going to go with Riptide. And here's the reason why. Mo the Boilermaker, um, Purdue Pete has probably never seen a Pelican in his life. He lives in Indiana. And nowhere in Indiana would you see a Pelican. He doesn't know what a Pelican is. He just thinks it's like a myth. Riptide probably has the air advantage so he's gonna fly down and shh, boom, dive bomb, get out of get out of dodge, boom, dive bomb him again. But I don't know, man. Purdue Pete's got a really big chin. He got a heavy chin. You know, you're not gonna knock him down easy. You know, you know how uh, people say for like UFC fighters, they have a glass jaw. Purdue Pete ain't got no glass jaw, man. He's not gonna go down easy. Oh man, it's close. I might go Purdue Pete. I've talked myself into Purdue Pete. Yeah, I'm gonna go Purdue Pete. I'm sorry, Tulane. I'm sorry to my friends in Tulane. I apologize, but I gotta go Purdue Pete in this one. But America has said Riptide would beat Purdue Pete. 62% of voters voted for Riptide. And you know what? I get it. I get it. Hold on, hold on. Hold the cap, hold the cap, hold the cap, hold the cap. All the cap. Again, Purdue Pete has probably never seen a pelican in his life. I mean, I don't think Purdue Pete takes vacations. He's, you know, I've working on the railroad. You know, he stays working. But I don't think he's ever seen a pelican. And what if it's like, I will hold the cap. you know, his name is Riptide, you know? What if he has like some special like water power? Because, you know, Tulane is the green wave. What if he can like call a wave of water on the Purdue Pete? You know, like Percy Jackson, how he can just shoo like that. It's like Riptide can do that. But you know, I kind of see it. You know what? I'm, I enjoy, I'm, I'm glad America is going with Riptide. But now fight five, the high profile. This is our Pacquiao Mayweather. This is our John Jones, Daniel Cormier. This is the hypothetical Goku versus Superman. Sparky from Arizona State against Big Red of West Kentucky. Richard, who are you choosing in this death match? Big Red. You got Big Red. You got Big Red. Eston, who are you going with? Big Red. You know, we're going to call it a sweep here. I'm going Big Red. And here's the reason why. You know, Sparky is a devil, you know, he's got a pitchfork, but we don't know what Big Red is. 
you know, it's just, it doesn't even have a nose. Red. It's just an amorphous blob. You see how big his mouth is? He could probably swallow all of Kentucky. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Red M&M. Not even a red M&M. He is, he is evil. I'm convinced. Big Red is evil. He's committed war crimes. He's committed war crimes. <laughs> and you know what? Sparky may be on the seventh layer of H-E double hockey stick. Big Red is on the eighth. There are levels to this, man. Big Red has nothing to lose. You cannot kill Big Red. You can't because you don't know what it is. Sparky's never seen Big Red in his life. I promise you, Big Red it would win that death match. Because I just imagine he would like swallow Sparky whole, like an anaconda. Or like, it probably end up being like Attack on Titan, where it's like you got the giant Titan eating Sparky, and the Titan is Big Red. It'd be Attack on Big Red. You know what? Hey, West Kentucky, get with me on that. I can turn that into an anime for you. Attack on Big Red. But um, America, in a resounding vote so far, 71% of voters say Big Red. This has turned into a blowout, man. Fight six, Billiken of St. Louis University against Saluki of Southern Illinois. And Saluki is like an actual dog. They have like an actual dog as their mascot. They also have this whatever that is, as a mascot. Eston, who are you choosing in this fight? Billiken or Saluki? This is honestly a tough one, but I'm going to go with Billiken for this. A, is, is, is Billiken a, is that devil? Doblin? Billiken gives me a vibe that he pretty much will like, kind of reel you in into thinking like that you got him and and then he puts on that little like that little smirk of his on and then he just will obliterate whatever comes in his path okay so i've done some research and abilican is a mythical good luck figure who represents things as they ought to be before he was st louis university's mascot he was a national sensation, a figure who was reproduced as dolls, marshmallow candies, metal banks, hat pins, pickle forks, belt buckles, auto hood ornaments, salt and pepper shakers, bottles, and more. So Billiken is a national sensation, but I also think that you don't know what Billiken is. You can't really kill it. And like, I don't know how smart a Saluki is. <laughs> I don't think it'd figure out how to kill it that easily. I know Billiken is kind of commercial. You might, you know, you might've gone soft, you know, but you know, he was a marshmallow. So he might've gone soft, but you don't know how to kill it. I, I can't go against Billiken, you know, that thing looks demonic, but it is a split vote so far. 50% of voters say Billiken and 50% say Saluki. It's going to come down to the wire for that one. I really do think so. Because you don't really know what Billiken is. You don't really know, like, is he like a demon? 
is he like an angel? Is he, I mean, he kind of looks like the White Castle logo. If you look at it, he kind of looks like White Castle. <laughs> Moving on to fight seven. We have Sammy the Banana Slug from UC Santa Cruz <laughs> versus Killian of Iona. Esten, who are you choosing in this battle? Killian's, Killian would kill the, the slug. I, I'm, I'm going with Killian on this. I mean... He, Killian looks kind of insane. He, he does, and going up against a, a goofy-looking banana slug, I, I'm, I'm going to go with, with the killer for this one. I don't know, man. I wouldn't underestimate that banana slug, man. It's been being underestimated this whole life. But it's still here. It's probably it's, pretty slow, though. All, all its life, it's had to fight. It's had to fight its whole life. I wouldn't I would bet against it. Richard, who are you going with? I'm, I'm going with Killian because that smile is a smile that can kill. While Sammy, he's one of those mascots I just want to be cool with. <laughs> yeah, Sam. Sammy kind of looks like a uh, like a pretty cool mascot, you know. You like see, a yellow. You see Michael hanging around the uh, the calf, or like <laughs> take, take FAU wise. You see it hanging around on the breezeway, you chill and have a conversation with Sammy. You he's see like a, Killian on the breezeway, you turn the other direction, dog, because he's going to try and murder you. So I think I would go Killian because again, man, it looks kind of psycho. But um, America. In an upset, has said Sammy the Banana Slug is up so far. And you know, I kind of get it. Although he kind of looks like a character from Barney, that slug can probably fight. 63% of America has decided that Sammy the Banana Slug would be victorious in a death match. And you know what? Hold on. I got to look something up real quick. Is a banana slug poisonous? Oh. Or is a slug in general? Oh, okay. So banana slugs uh, eat all sorts of non-edible from animals and make you horribly sick, stuff like toxic uh, mushrooms. So they are edible, but if you eat it, you also risk the, uh, you also risk um, like death, but they also have a slime that they ooze that makes you go numb. That makes your tongue go numb. So like, I honestly could see it. Cause Killian kind of reminds me of Hannibal Lecter. I feel like he would try to eat Sammy the Slug, but Sammy the Slug has that poison and it can make him go numb. So of course he win by default. You know, he can't keep fighting if he's numb or that could make him stronger cause he can't feel pain. Hmm. We'll, we'll come back to that one. We'll come back to that one. But in our final fight, fight eight, we have the Friar from Providence against Seymour of Old of Southern Miss, not Old Miss, Southern Miss. I'm sorry, Southern Miss. We're in the same conference too. My bad. But Richard, who are you choosing in this death match? The Friar, like. <laughs> when you when you take uh, religious mascots too far, I mean, 
he does kind of look a little crazy. Essen, what do, what do you think? Honestly, th- this one personally was the toughest because I I could see Seymour getting the win. I, I feel like he could fly and then just poke the Friar to death. But like Richard said, the, the Friar is probably going to call God to like strike the bird down. So I'm going to take the Friar. So... You know, even if the friar doesn't want to do the damage, he can simply <laughs> pray and ask God to maybe forgive him what he would do to Seymour, and then and, Lord and then win because he has God on his side. Maybe. He said, G- "Friars were like T- Jesus turned to the said turn the other cheek, but I only got two cheeks, player." <laughs> I mean, oh gosh, I'm actually gonna go with Seymour, and the hmm. reason why is because I've actually seen video of Seymour throwing hands with another mascot. There is video of Seymour throwing hands with another mascot and winning. He hits a mascot with a Stone Cold Stunner. If you know me, I am a huge wrestling fan. That automatically gives you the win. I'm going to put it in the chat here. I'm going to I'll post it on the, uh, on the video so you guys can go see this video of Seymour giving Big Al from the University of Alabama the beats by Dre. Look at it. I promise you. Big Al didn't want no smoke. I'm telling you, man, Seymour ain't nothing to mess with. I know the friar can call God and everything. He called him out. He called him out. Hit him with a stunner. Dude, I'm not betting against Seymour. Stone Cold Cold Seymour. Stone Cold Seymour <laughs> is winning. I I'll and, bet that. Oh. I'll bet that Stone Cold Seymour is beating the Friar because I think it's a, a quote from a Kanye song. Where it's like, "What is a god to a non-believer? Seymour only believes in Seymour, and he's also from Mississippi. That's country strength. That's a strength that Providence has never seen." So I'm going to go with Seymour. It looks like this one is also split down the middle, 50-50. Half the people are saying Seymour, half the people are saying the Friar. But once again, we're going to update these on Monday, and we'll also have our second round ready by next week or next Monday specifically. And you know what? This is a great mascot combat. I'm loving this so far. Um, You know, man? This is gonna be fun. I'm I'm already excited. This is great. We're getting some interesting stuff, you know. Like I said, who is your pick to run the table and win it all from the bracket that we have? Who is your pick, uh, Eston? Who's your pick? It's it's a toss up between Big Red and Sebastian the Ibis. Yeah, you know, like I said, Sebastian is the only one that's actually been like arrested by local police that man is a fugitive i don't know Literally. why still, i don't know why they show him on tv you know what he's probably performing under a fake name he's probably going by guillermo that's not that's not sebastian ibis that's guillermo there's, there's no sebastian ibis died in a fire <laughs> that is only guillermo 
it, if Miami wasn't an Adidas school, Sebastian would be, would be wearing all black Air, Air Force Ones. No, you know what? Because he's an Adidas, it's an Adidas school. He's wearing those track suits that the Russian mob wears. Like oh, the- he look. He, oh, so he's a Gothic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You no, know, you know the uh, Sopranos. He, mm-hmm. they wearing the track suits. That's Sebastian. <laughs> he faked his death, and his name instead of Guillermo is Guido. You don't mess with Guido. He's been arrested Guido. by Tallahassee police. Richard, who was your Who's your pick to run the table in this tournament? Wow, I see Big Red as the front runner. Don't sleep on Owsley or Speedy the Geoduck. Speedy <laughs> the Geoduck. Geoduck. Okay. Um, if I had to choose one that could run the table, actually, I'm gonna choose two. Um, I'm gonna go Wooshlock. Because again, war crimes. That man has blown up planets on his Frieza type beat. He's blown things up. Or I am going to go with the demon deacon because demons are already bad. But then you add a demon deacon who was like, I don't know, would that be the inverse of a demon? Because deacons are like have prominent positions in churches. So he's a demon deacon. So does he have a prominent position in the afterlife or in like purgatory? Is he like, he might be the receptionist in purgatory. But you don't want to mess with the demon deacon. It's a trap card. Exactly. It's a trap card, you know? And I've seen the Demon Deacon ride motorcycles out before games for Wake Forest. I mean, you know, that's my pick um, outside of Wooshlock because the Demon Deacon is horrifying. But we'd love to know you guys' picks, who you think is going to win, who you think might pull off the upsets, and who you think is a sleeper in this tournament. We'd love, you know, to come back around maybe next month or after this tournament ends, we'll go around and see who's the cutest mascot in college sports maybe that'll be a thing but you know what that'll do it for this episode of you press play sports make sure to like follow on social media follow the university press on twitter make sure to like and subscribe on youtube like follow give us five stars on spotify if you don't give us five stars you're gonna make Eston really sad and we will send Wooshlock out to get you we will send him down the breezeway and hunt you down on FAU campus. If you're not on FAU campus, we'll have them hitch a, hitch a ride on Riptide. They'll be like a two-man group, and I'll come find you. And I don't know how, but they will find you. You know, they have a certain set of skills, a special skills that make them elite for this job. But from photo editor, Esten Parker, from sports editor, Richard Pereira, I'm business manager, Joseph Acosta, Wishing you a great rest of your day and a great weekend. And until we, listen, we talk again about FAU sports and the sports world beyond, have a good one.